Coach, before we talk about your squad and how they've done the last two and a half weeks of basketball and kind of what got you into coaching, I know your background being a Kansas City Chiefs fan, and I saw on Twitter, I think a month ago, you had some Chiefs waffles or pancakes that are on Twitter. So I should say congratulations probably, Jory, on the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl this past uh, Sunday. Well, I appreciate that. That was uh, waited a long time to be able to, to watch that game with my team in it. Um, and we had a nice day with the family and made some food and had everybody around watching it. So it was a great time. So you, you get that off uh, off the 50 years of going to a Super Bowl and that monkey off your back. Is that something that's been part of your family for a very long time in terms of being a Chiefs fan, Jory? Yeah, it was, uh, you know, just growing up when I was young, it was every Sunday. Um, you know, I, I remember as a kid, just I had to go to Sunday school and then we went to church and then we came home and watched the Chiefs for the next three hours. Um, so my mom and dad, um, just we would just sit around, watch the game. You, you, you do it every Sunday. Uh, it was just part of our Sunday ritual. So, you know, just always been a fan. And then obviously, you know, we, I've talked before just how sports brings people together. I think part of that is, you know, my dad passed away a few years ago. So, um, it's, it brings back memories, you know, just sitting around watching the game. And I enjoy watching it with my two boys and, and my wife. And uh, we're all fans. So it's just something that kind of brings us together. Is that something, Jory, when you were growing up, did you ever go watch the game on television, listen on radio, go to a game in person, and ever think that, hey, someday I might be a coach? It might not be in football. It might be in baseball or basketball. I guess when, when you were kind of growing up, when did the light bulb kind of go off and go, hey, I, I kind of want to get into the coaching profession or, or take my shot in, in this profession and see where it can lead me? When were you kind of growing up that said coaching could be, could be a valuable yeah. option? You know, we just, that was kind of growing up in a small town. That's just kind of what we did, what my friends and I did when it was football season, we played football. Uh, when it was basketball season, we played basketball. When it was baseball season, we played baseball um, and about everything in between. Um, and, you know, you just, that becomes part of who you are a little bit. And I know as I got older, um, I had some high school coaches that I really respected um, and enjoyed playing for. Um, and I always thought they had a really good gig. You know, they were off in the summers and playing golf in the summer, and then they were working their butts off during the school year and, and coaching us up. Um, so when I first, you know, started to get into school, I, uh, I wanted to get into education. I wanted to teach, and, and then hopefully it was going to coach uh, some high school basketball or high school football and kind of go that route. And obviously I didn't have any uh, big aspirations when I was younger, uh, you know, in my teens or first couple years of college of even thinking that I could be a college basketball coach. Um, but as you know, the more I got into it and, and the more opportunities I got from people, uh, that obviously became something I, I was really working towards. We're talking with NDSU women's basketball head coach, that's Jory Collins. And Jory, you found yourself now at North Dakota State in your first year. And since your loss to a top 25 ranked South Dakota team at home, your squad has went three and two wins against a rival UND, Denver, and Purdue for it, winning your two losses on the road by single digits to South Dakota State and Western Illinois. So, what kind of clicked or what has changed from that South Dakota game, Jory, that all of a sudden every game in your last five, you've been either going to win or you've been right down to the wire in the fourth quarter? Yeah, you know, I don't, you know, that was obviously an eye opener because we didn't just lose to South Dakota. I mean, that was embarrassing the way we played in that game. And, um, you know, we talked about it the next day. Um, you know, that that wasn't us, that we were a lot better than, than what we showed in that game. Um, 
And I also think we're just getting into the time of year now where our players are much more comfortable with what we're doing. I think I probably put too much on their plate the first couple months of the season and, and just giving them so much information that nothing was really, you know, sinking in at a level where it becomes a reaction for you. Um, and now that we've really settled into what we do on both ends of the floor, I just think they're much more comfortable and are able to go out and execute uh, our ability to make some subtle adjustments in games um, with what the other team's doing is just so much better now just because we've done it now a few times and are used to doing it. Um, and we've just been much more competitive here the last five. And you know, take a look at your squad. A look at specifically a girl, six foot freshman Ryan Cobbins, and you kind of go back into her a little bit of where she came from, from Piper High School in Kansas City, Kansas. She was part of a program that went eighty eight and seven during her high school career. I think she only had one loss in her senior season, and and her numbers, at least on the court, double figures in six straight games. So, what have you seen from Ryan in terms of her development, going from a high school player to? I'm guessing at this time, even though she is a freshman, Joy, I'm guessing she kind of feels like she's been part of the club for a while now and is a college level basketball player. Yeah, you know, she started the year. I think she was double figures in her first five games of the season. Um, just came out and was super aggressive um, and then kind of went away a little bit. I think she hit her freshman wall a little bit earlier than most uh, simply because we were using her quite a bit uh, to start the year and put quite a bit on her plate um, right off the bat as a freshman. And she's she's somebody, if you ever get to talk to her, who's much more mature uh, than most other uh, freshmen that I've ever had. Uh, and so she's been able to handle it, um, you know, had a little dip in December, maybe the start of January, uh, but it's come back just uh, much more confident. I think her mental uh, stress of just being away from home and school and all those things have really settled down and just allowed her to play with a little bit more free mind. Um, you know, we, we're really happy that she's here. We're really fortunate that she's here. Uh, we think she has a terrific future um, and just I'm excited she's been playing well lately and um, you know, for our team this year, we need her to. Um, we need her to be a scorer for us, and she's just done a really good job here the last uh, couple weeks. And a couple of the other girls that have done really well, obviously, uh, Geis Larova seems to be a double-figure a stat machine, but Riley Nudell just outworks people, and she's been close to double-doubles. And even for Emily Dietz, a, a former Fargo Shanley product that continues to, in my eyes, Dory, just every time I – put on a highlighter or watch a game. I just continue to see her develop from what she was at Shanley to where she is now at North Dakota State. So with seven games between now and the Summit League Tournament, uh, what are going to be some things that you're going to be asking your your team to continue to do? Obviously, winning and being in every game is going to be one of them. But what are some areas that you're going to be looking for this team to continue to improve upon, Coach? Yeah, you know, a big area for us is just continuing to grow on the defensive end of the floor. Um you know, I think we've asked this group to maybe do some things that are outside their comfort zone uh, as far as the sense of urgency we want them to play with on that end of the floor and the, the communication that we want to have um, is something that was a little bit new for them in the way that we do it, um, and that's been an issue for us all year. Um, but we've made some huge strides here late. I think there's one of the reasons why we've been in all these games is, for the most part, defensively, uh, we've become – very confident on that end of the floor. Uh, that needs to continue to improve. There's so many good players in the league um, that we just have to be solid on the defensive end. And then execution-wise, um, you know, we've done a really good job. I think our last five games, we're shooting, you know, almost 46% from the field, uh, over 50% from two-point range. 
Um, you know, for us, the problem is we just haven't shot the three ball very well. Um, and if we can get some of those to go down the stretch, then we'll have a chance to win uh, multiple games here in that last seven. And, you know, we're looking forward to, to trying to make that happen. We're talking with Bison Women's Basketball Coach Jory Collins for a couple more minutes with us here on our Wings and Rings Coaches Show. And Jory, uh, kind of going back in terms of the women's game, uh, you know, the WNBA began in 1997, and to date myself a little bit, I was seven at that point in 97, but I remember hearing the Lisa Leslie's and the Weather Spoons going uh, for the New York Liberty, playing the Houston Mercury of the of the Swoops and company. And, and I guess my, my question to you now as a coach you're you're recruiting a lot of uh, young ladies that are coming into a college program that have the aspirations now of not going uh, overseas to play, you know, professional basketball. They only know that the WNBA has been into their existence. So what has the WNBA now over a decade or two of being around for two specific decades, Dory? How do you think that's helped, you know, at least within the states, continue to grow the game of women's basketball? Well, I mean, you said it perfectly there. I mean, just growing the game. Uh, you know, the women's game has come miles and miles from what it used to be, even when I started 20 years ago, uh, to what it was 20 years before that. The athleticism, uh, the skill level, uh, the size, the speed uh, that the women are playing with now is, I mean, it's just a great game. It's, if you enjoy the game of basketball, uh, then you enjoy watching women's basketball at a high level now because it's just such a good game. Uh, they're so skilled, uh, play so smart. Um, you know, some of those ladies you mentioned, you know, Lisa Leslie, Cheryl Swoops, who kind of started it all when the WNBA started, they were already pros, um, you know, b- before that league actually kicked off and were already probably late 20s uh, before that they got to play in, the, in those kind of things. Um, you know, I think about some of the good UConn players. Diana Taurasi, I was always a big fan of hers. Um, and it, they've just been able to play at a high level for years and years and years. Um, but it's exciting now. You know, females now have something to look forward to. Uh, they're making some upgrades in the league. I think the pay is going to go up here a little bit. Um, just continue to market that and give some young people you know, things to look forward to and opportunities in the future. And, you know, with the women's game, uh, Jory, in the passing of Kobe Bryant last Sunday, a week and a half ago now, and I guess the question is when you equate it to, you know, a Kobe Bryant, a Michael Jordan, a Magic, Larry Bird, I mean, guys that when you think of NBA or basketball, they're going to be right up there. On the women's side, who might be the equivalent to a Michael Jordan or a Kobe Bryant, maybe today's generation, or are we? did we already mention him with like a Lisa Leslie, Jory? Yeah, I think, you know, those guys, to me, you know, Lisa and Cheryl and even Teresa Weatherspoon and uh, some of those that kind of pioneered the, the WNBA, um, you know, to me, those are like the old, those are like Magic, Bird, uh, you know, maybe that era uh, of player. And then you get into uh, the kids now and who they're looking up to, um, you know, Brianna Stewart, who had to miss last year, is going to be a perennial one of the best players in the world uh elena deladon maya moore uh you know all those guys are just so elite um they have plenty to choose from now and i don't think it was always that way you know there was maybe 10 really good players 20 years ago that were just that much better than everybody else and now you're trying to starting to find there's 25 30 players that are playing at a level you know that those guys did before so um there's plenty of options uh, kind of what your taste is in player and style of play, but uh, there's plenty of, uh, of player 
players out there to, to follow uh, and look up to. Hey, Jory, thank you very much for your time. Congratulations again with the Chiefs. Thank you very much for talking a little bit about your team and just how the basketball, the game of basketball has kind of just continued to evolve and grow here in the women's game. Jory, thanks so much again, and best of luck moving forward throughout the weekend weekend. Okay, thanks very much. With us now is Central Cast Girls basketball coach, that's Jay Bachman. The Squirrels, 9-1 in Region 1 play, 12-4 and overall on the season. And, uh, Jay, before we talk about your team and some of your assistants and how everything is, now that you know you only have a handful of games left before it gets to win any advance or lose and go home time uh, coming up in the Region 1 tournament, uh, if you go to a place like Buffalo Wings and Rings, and are, are, are you a Wings guy? Do you, do you like bone in, bone out? What, what's your flavor? Um, if I like to get, if I'm ready to get messy, I'll go bone in. Okay. I like bone in better, but sometimes boneless is all right too. Uh, first time I ever had wings and ring or yeah, Buffalo yep. wings and rings yep. was, uh, we were in uh, Omaha going to a Nebraska game Okay. and we had it and it was real good. So I was super excited when they got one here. The one thing is, do you go with the onion rings or do you go with their uh, fries? If, if French you have fries. Size? French yeah, you're, fries. You're the fries? No onion rings for this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I always try with the onion rings just because it says wings and rings. So yeah, if but, I don't have the wings, I got to yeah, get the rings at get some the point. Rings. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Jay, you look at your squad right now, and we were talking off air. You know, the, as the season kind of went in, you, you knew Kendrick was going to be really good. Northern Cass is going to be a quality opponent, and it kind of has played out to that point for your club. And uh, you came up a little bit short against Kendrick, but then all of a sudden, here comes Northern Cass, you know, last Friday night where you're going, a win here can put you into at least that number two seed and then kind of go from there. Uh, did, did they kind of feel like a region tournament game a, a little bit with that matchup with Northern Cass, Jay? Definitely. I mean, they're, I mean, we're only 15 minutes apart, so big rival. Um, our JV game went into overtime. We hit a buzzer beater, banked one in to win. So, I mean, in the JV game, you could feel the pressure, the tension. And then my girls responded really good. Like, we knew what they were going to do. They obviously knew what we were going to do. And, and we did a really good job of kind of containing what we wanted to contain. And we really just wanted to make sure we play our game. You know, we play that quick up-tempo in your face game. And we did a good job of, of, of staying in that and not fading. And they're, I mean, they're a really good team. Like, Kelly does a really good job coaching them up. Like, they're young just like we are and. They're good. Like they're a team to look out for in the future, for sure. I mean, they have some size. They got some length. Like, they're good. And I'm, like I told you, said my line earlier. I always tell my girls, survive in advance. Yep. Right? That's what my high school basketball coach used to say all the time. <clears throat> survive in advance. Survive in advance. And we are, especially in those regions games. Like that's what we're in right now. Get a win. Get out of there. That's all that matters at this yeah, time of the year. And, sure. and, and I look at your schedule, and there's going to be a lot more games in your next couple of days than practice. So for, for sure. So for a coach, it's going to kind of feel like what a Region 1 tournament would feel like. Mm -hmm. I mean, tomorrow night you got a Laramore, the Polar Bears coming in. Saturday you're going down to NDSCS for the Bonanza, playing a Region game with uh, Milner North Sargent. Yep. Then on Monday you go up against a quality Oaks Tornadoes team from uh, Region 3 and what they've been able to do. And then you get a week off, kind of can yep. take a breath before you play Lisbon and get to the Region 1 tournament. So at this point of the season, I would imagine you've done all the X's and O's and you've coached your girls up to as best as possible. But what are you kind of doing now as a coaching staff to make sure as and if anyone that's watched Central Cast Girls basketball this year, it's not like you're riding with five girls and saying you're going to play 32 minutes. You're going to go maybe five deep on the bench, which yeah. has to be nice once you get to this point. They might not have tired legs. I mean, you can really tell like by the end of games, like my girls are fresh. And other girls are struggling just because we do. We play nine deep. Um, biggest thing we're doing now is kind of sharpening everything up. 
going over some plays, maybe some one-hitters that we put in that we haven't ran yet, um, putting in a new defense, you know, stuff like that, just kind of sharpening up, getting ready for the region time. Um, and also trying to get healthy, you know, stretching, watching more film, um, trying to get into the training room just to make sure we're ready to go because we had nine games in, like, three weeks. Mm-hmm. We had three games every week or three games for three weeks in a row. So it was – that's hard on the body. Like, the girls won't say it and they don't know it, but – I mean, it's tough. Like, it's a lot of miles on your legs and your knees and your ankles. So just getting girls healthy, getting them ready to go, and, like, t- tweaking our plays, you know, sharpening it up. Um, and, and that's kind of our mindset going forth. Practices are obviously getting shorter. You know, we used to go two two hours plus, two and a half. Two and a half. Now we're down to hour and a half, you know, getting them in, doing what we need to do, and then getting rest, um, watching film, more mental stuff. So it's an exciting time, though. It is, because where you guys are at, obviously the expectations kind of coming into, I think this year with what happened last year in the region, uh, one tournament coming very close to knocking off Kindred, and really the 2010s were owned either by someone in red in Central Cast or someone in blue yeah. in Kindred and Region 1 girls basketball. And I was just kind of looking at the last time Central Cast made it to state. That was back in 2014. So yeah. there has been a gap. But a main reason of that, Fairmont Campbell, Titus, Tri-State had some pretty good talent for yeah. a couple of years. But Kindred's kind of been the, the, the king on the block, so to speak. Yeah. So now that you're going into this season with a bunch of girls that understand what it takes to get to the semifinals and playing a meaningful game like that, I know that's probably in the back of a lot of their heads going, let's just get the Region 1 tournament. We, yeah. we beat Northern Cast, and we kind of know where we sit in the standings. But there still is a couple of games and yeah. days left to continue to, to sharpen the iron, so to speak, For Jay. sure. Um, like, I mean, literally, I remember last year, uh, February is a week after we lost to Kindred in the semis, and our girls were already, like, next year. Like, what are we doing next year? Like, we got to do this. Like, what camps are we going to in the summer? They're, they were ready to go then. So trying to reel them back and – keep them excited and now you can just tell they're super excited so like tomorrow we play a tough laramore team they like to run and gun like it's gonna we gotta play like we can't overlook teams because we'll we'll lose we have we have to play the teams we're gonna play um kind of our mentality that we've had this year is another link in the chain right we have 20 20 games that's one link at a time and so we just keep going one at a time one at a time and so hopefully we kind of keep that now once we get into the regions um I'm not going to lie and say we're you're not excited to play Kinder. Like, no, we're excited to play Kinder. Like we, we know, our girls know, they've played each other, played with each other their whole lives. You ask any girl on our team, all 21 of them, we, like, we, we know that that's who we want to play, and, and we want the challenge. Now, we're not saying they're not good because they are obviously a very good team, but we want, we want that action. Like we, we're ready for it, and I think the girls are ready. And last year to come so close just – fueled the fire even more um and the girls to their i mean my my girls they're awesome like they work hard harder than any high school team i think that i've ever had the privilege of being around and they work their butts off and they are they just they want it so bad so for them to just get them in the right positions and just let them do their thing and that's 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 the goal you know that's the goal in the end that's all that you can do as a head coach again we're talking with central cast girls basketball coach that's jay bachman and i think this year in region one as we mentioned it was kind of northern cast central cast and kendra those were the three teams that you thought were going to have a chance to mm-hmm. to get the top three seeds and that's what's going to look like with that bye going into the yep. quarterfinals which is always nice but jay when i take a look at your team uh, you know decante smith sometimes is a bull in a china shop but she's 
she's one of those girls that has the athleticism and she can do stuff on the court that maybe other you know uh, opposition or maybe people on her team her yeah. teammates maybe can't do but then you get a bell Lenard who's being a senior leader out there and uh, really there's a lot more underclassmen for your team mm-hmm. jay than there is that you know older yeah. sp- uh, spoken statesman so to speak correct you know um we i play four sophomores uh four freshmen and two seniors um and pretty consistently you know all 10 play we've had some injuries and some weird um things going on the team but pretty consistently play eight and nine yep um and it's just good like the girls being a team you know not worrying about who's who and who's where and just just playing playing the right way um DeConte is funny he said that yesterday we were playing in Maple Valley she there was a ball going out of bounds she jumped into the stands threw it behind her back to a girl that caught the ball under the hoop for us made a pass layup like and the girls we watched film today as a team and the girls all wanted to watch it because they're just excited you know they're excited for her to to be able to do something that that's that cool um so that was really fun to see um and we just yeah we're young and we just we're explosive and it's just they're just a fun group everyone um it's just really fun when sometimes like our boys are having a good year too um but i would say our crowds are just as good as the boys crowds yep. and usually that usually the boys crowds are a little bit bigger just kind of in general but i would say our crowds are almost as big as the boys this year if not bigger sometimes which is really awesome because even like our community exciting i get people coming up to me all the time when i'm in the bank or in uh, percy's place at the restaurant there and they're just saying oh hey was that the game we're so excited you girls are so fun to watch like that's what's really fun is seeing everyone ready excited for the girls because they do work so hard you get that small class B environment Absolutely. still without question about it. And the cool thing about your squad is there, there's an, a couple assistant coaches, one of them being a former squirrel, yep. someone who went to state with Central Cass yeah. in terms of Courtney Dixon who went to VCSU. And then you got Coach Belke who's at Thompson <laughs> yeah. for, for quite some time. And I told you before you came on, on uh, Eric that I looked down, I go, wait a second, is that who I, I think it is exactly. from Thompson that's now trading green in for, for red? So yeah. how, how is that kind of working with those two yeah. in general and kind of being that you know varsity assistant jv you name it uh, coaching oh, staff jay so courtney um when courtney first graduated from valley city state um i asked her right away because i knew she was gonna be a teacher i said hey you want to come coach and she said nope I, I i think i just need to teach for it well it was about two months into school she's like uh yeah i, I, I want to coach basketball so <laughs> and then it was so then there was the next year where she actually came on staff and she was just volunteer and she came and helped and it was amazing and then we were able to get her on staff um and she's she's it's just really cool because our the girls I have now are um, they were second third fourth fifth grade when she was going to state all those years, so they look up to her like wow she like look she knows what she's doing. I think Courtney went to state three of four years mm-hmm. when she was in high school. Um, they were in the state championship at least one time I know for sure. Um, so she just brings that element of of regalness you know of just that's what we want to strive to be and she i mean she's a great coach she knows her x's and o's she can motivate um she's not afraid to get down and dirty she needs like she just does a really good job now the other hand um getting coach belke has been awesome i taught with him for two years in thompson and i coached with him in football so when we had the chance of him coming down here i was like yep come on let's go let's get you some <laughs> interviews let's get you on here because we we want you to be on this we want you um and he's just stepped in like he's he's great with the girls and he's great with um x's and o's he's i call him a wizard especially 
like when it comes to drawing up plays or drawing up things when we need it like he can draw up things that most people can't even imagine and he just can recall everything that he's ever seen like the first day we were meeting for basketball after he said he would help um he took out a box of papers upon papers on papers the box it was a huge tote worth of papers and in it was every little scrap of basketball thing he'd ever found or ever seen or ever used it was in, it was crazy and so just having him there to have that knowledge and the from the first day of practice the girls automatically realized like wow yep he we need to listen to him he knows what he's talking about so that's just been huge it's such a big asset for us um and even our, i mean honestly and jason helps our boys team too like mm-hmm. he goes and helps them with film and does all sorts of stuff so we're really excited to have him at our school and um just to keep improving how we've been improving last thing for you jay and this is something that maybe doesn't get brought up a lot at the high school game because you know in college and the pros you're going to have a coach and then a bunch of assistants maybe grad assistants so to speak at the college level but at the high school level sometimes you maybe only get one maybe you get two Maybe you get two and a half or one and a half, yeah. depending on the season, because they might be helping out when, with a spring sport or a yeah. fall sport. How, how valuable is it to have two coaches where you can probably just talk X and O's, talk life, or just kind of, you know, just kind of sit back and just have a conversation yeah. where you know everything's on the table and don't have to be guarded, so to speak. It's it's extremely valuable. It's it's more valuable than than you can imagine. I just I know I know every coach in our region now pretty well. Um, and talking with them where they struggle to find a single assistant, you know, and I have the luxury of having two awesome assistants. And I've had my old assistants were really good, too, and I would hate to see them leave because we always have had um, – I've always been able to have two assistants. But to have the ones that I have, it's just – it's awesome. Like, going into practice, like, they do one drill, I do another drill, and they do having three things going on at once or having two going at once and me being able to b- bounce back and forth is – so beneficial it's i mean we're very i mean we're very fortunate we're very lucky um and a lot of schools would kill to just have one really like assistant with college basketball knowledge you know um and i'm lucky enough to have two so i can't thank those two enough and i i mean and our girls have responded has just been excellent Jay, uh, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for coming from practice pretty much right right to here. I I know the Region 1 tournament's not too far away. We'll be seeing you definitely for that at the Shack this year. And uh, best of luck moving forward with your, let's see, your one, two, three, four more games left in the regular season. Thanks, Jay. Thank you. Dean, uh, the first thing that I'm going to talk to you about is not that the ADC tournament's coming up around the corner, uh, not about specific a couple of guys who are playing well. I'm sure every time you go somewhere, the first thing people are asking you right now is, hey, you snapped Grand Forks Central 81-game winning streak back in mid-January with a 3-2 win. My question to you is, how'd you get the kids and the coaches and everyone to come back down to planet Earth? Because once everyone found out that the Bruins knocked down the Knights, there was a lot of media happening within those 24-48 hours that it maybe felt like you almost won a state championship or an EDC championship, Dean. Well, it was, it was difficult, to be honest. Uh, we went to the first practice after that, and all just kind of looked at each other and everybody was tired emotionally and mentally drained. And, uh, we just decided to not do a formal practice and work on too many things. We wanted to give them a little headspace. So we decided to just have a three on three competition and we just formed teams and just, just kind of skated around and had some fun. Uh, and I thought maybe the next day they would come back and we'd be ready to go. And unfortunately the next day we came back and it was kind of equally as, uh, odd and nobody really seemed to want to, 
to, to get ready to go to practice too much. So we, again, we had kind of a short practice the next day. And then finally, uh, I think we snapped out of it and started getting ready to play again. You know, when, when I look at this and beating Grand Forks Central with just what they had on a winning streak and obviously what they have as a program with their history and your club now at 11-3-1 on the year, what do you think that win did, though, for you, Dean, as you kind of went into the final home stretch, so to speak, of the regular season? Well, it did a number of things in terms of, of cementing confidence and, and allowing the players to realize that, you know, certain things could happen, you know, if you got some bounces and you kept yourself in in position defensively and you did the right things, uh, you, you could win a game like that. Uh, and those are all important things for for players and for teams um, to realize that, you know, they can accomplish certain things. Um, it was, it, it did a lot for us in terms of team building and, um, you know, so, so that was good that way. Um, but at the same time, you know, we have to, we have to play a certain way for our team to be effective. Um, and we, we were pretty focused up until that game and we've been focused since then, but, um, there was a moment in time after that game where we probably lost a little bit of, uh, of what we were working on just because of, you know, of all the media attention and so on. But we had, uh, you know, we had a couple games coming up after that, and we had Davies a, a week later, which is always a super tough game for us. And so we got dialed back in, and um, I thought actually possibly even played better against Davies the, a week later. And um, and so, uh, you know, it, it, it was a great win for our program and for our team, but it's just one game. And, and at the end of the day, you go to the next EDC game. For example, we were up in Grafton last night, and you expect every game to be tough, and it was. We were down one nothing at the end of one, and uh, we didn't really look like we were getting the great chances that we were hoping for, and it looked like it was going to be a really tough game, and it was, and it ended up going all the way down to the end, and we were fortunate to win that one, but that's the way every EDC game is now. It's all tough, you know, so I guess in a way it was just one game, and, and uh, now we're on the other side of that, and now we're we have to stay focused for our next one. We're talking with Dean French, Fargo South Shanley boys hockey coach, and you kind of where we're going into the next lane, so to speak, that I was going to ask you because I, I take a look at the standings from the EDC, yourself, Central Red River, Davies, all with 30-plus points on the upper end, but West Fargo's a tough out. You mentioned Grafton Pork River. You got Northley on your schedule, and you got a date coming up with Bismarck Century, who's the number two team out west, and Monet High has always been a quality program, Bismarck High out there as well. Does, does the parody word get get used enough or not enough this year in, in hockey when it comes to North Dakota high school hockey this year, Dean? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I don't, I guess we focus on each team and what they bring to the table um, with, with what they have and how they choose to use their players. And, and so I think it's all about matchups and uh, on a, on a different night, uh, one team that might blow out a, a different team, maybe a really tough matchup for us, you know, or, you know, for a Red River team or something. It's just everybody plays each other a little bit differently. And so we look at a Bismarck Century team, and I happened to watch. There was a league that North Carolina Amateur Hockey runs in the fall um, that a bunch of players were in. It's not a highly publicized league, but uh, there was a lot of kids playing in that league, a lot of Fargo North kids and Grand Forks Central and Red River. And, and Bismarck Century had a few kids in that league, and I, I got a chance to watch them play. Um and they're good. They 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 have some really good top end skaters, and um, I got to see them close up and um, and and watch them play. So we know what to expect with them. They have very very good players, 
Um, they have a defenseman, Connor Hansen, who is as skilled as anyone. He's, he's a great skater, and he moves the puck well, and he, this is his fourth year of varsity hockey, so we're pretty familiar with him. And, and, um, and so they have some guys that, could, that can play and, and play at a very high level. So um, I know they were injured. Uh, they have a number of football players that were injured along the way in football and, and uh, now are back healthy. So I think what you're going to see now is a Bismarck Century team that is at full go with you know their full roster and uh, highly talented and, and plenty capable of, of playing with all the, high, or the, the highest-rated EDC teams. So we're expecting a super tough game. And you mentioned some of the players for Bismarck Century, but I'm sure there's a couple of teams that are scouting your squad. And it doesn't take long to look at someone who's got 50 or 47 points on the year in Drew Sandy and Alex Knapp, and obviously what in goal Zach Sandy's been able to do. What has it been about those three in particular this year, uh, Dean, that's going to help this Fargo South uh, Shanley Bruins hockey club to where it's at right now, looking at possibly that number two seed entering the EDC tournament you know, in just a week or two here? Well, they're obviously skilled, talented, and they're hardworking, and they're uh, they're focused and determined, and all of those things add up, and and that helps. Um, so they they go to the rink with with you know good attitudes, and they go to work hard, and uh, they lead uh, you know the other players to do the same thing. Um, you know, we got Seb Zasada kind of leading our, our way on the on the back end with our D core, and uh, and a whole bunch of guys that are fighting for spots and and all of that helps you know it helps to have guys that some kids look up to and, and want to be like and it also helps to have guys that are pushing to get some playing time and battling for spots because it it kind of forces everybody to stay on top of their game and and do the best they can to stay in the lineup and 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 that's i think helpful for our team to have some depth too so uh but yeah those guys are certainly um i mean when you when you see them play and you see the things that they're doing some of that's pretty obvious the skill level they have and the plays that they can make are unique, and uh, and it's obviously very helpful for our team. And when you're having a program, Dean, the one thing that I hear from a lot of coaches, you can probably go into any sport, and something that you kind of alluded to there is not just the competition on your opponent on a given Tuesday or Thursday night, but maybe the competition on a Monday or Saturday morning within your own club. So when you're able to get that competition, is that when the program that you feel like, okay, if we got guys that are battling for JV minutes or varsity minutes or trying to get on a certain line when it comes to hockey, this is now we're seeing the, the, the fruit of the, the labor of work, so to speak, as coaches and putting the time and effort in and seeing a lot of kids coming out for a program that you're having competition, you know, in practice on a day-to-out, day-out basis by the time you even get to a game? Well, absolutely. You know, we, we said to our younger defensemen going into the season that you are going to see players coming at you in practice that are, you know, as good as you'll see all year. You know, you, you're going to be going against Drew Handy and Alex Semp and Tanner Kirkby, et cetera, et cetera, in practice every day. So when we watch how you're performing and what you're doing, we have a pretty good uh, ability to gauge how you might do against other teams or other players. And uh, uh, so, you know, and the same is true for, for example, if we have wingers that we're looking at putting into certain defensive roles, um, we can run them against our, our top line and, and see how they do in practice. And um, so there's a lot of things that you can test in practice if you have you know, more guys competing for more spots and, and people are playing hard, uh, your practices can be very, very effective and useful. And I think that's been one of the keys this year for us is uh, we've gotten a lot out of practice time. I don't know if most people realize, but this was a unique year in North Dakota high school hockey. Normally you have three weeks of practice time before the game starts. This year we only had two. 
And that makes a big difference because you have to install an awful lot of things in a very short period of time before the games actually start. So we effectively lost about five practices that you normally have before you actually ever start playing games. And so to have people going hard in practice and, and pushing each other was very helpful. You could get you know, mileage out of your practice that you, know, you needed in order to be able to play at a high level. And the Bruins with just two regular season games left against Bismarck Century, then Fargo North to finish it off on Tuesday night for the final EDC regular season game. And final thing for you, Dean, just ultimately, you know, as a coach, just kind of what got your intrigue into coaching and when did you finally go, you know what, I, I want to kind of put my foot in the ring, so to speak, and give coaching a full-time go here. When did it kind of click on for you that this might be something that I want to do as you kind of got a little bit older? Well, uh, I, I was coaching in youth hockey and uh, I had, coached high school hockey, it seems like a long time ago, but in the mid-90s, I coached Grafton for two years. Um, and then with you know work and travel situations and family, I just wasn't able to be part of it. Uh, I'd always wanted to get back into it, but it you know just wasn't the right time. Um, and then, you know, a few years ago, we made the decision that, you know, I would throw my name in the hat and see if anybody would be willing to hire me, you know, so... Uh, uh, I knew that I was getting towards the end of what I was going to be able to offer. And, uh, you know, uh, so I, I just wanted to to get back involved. I like working with the kids. I like trying to teach the game. Uh, it is, uh, it's harder and harder nowadays to coach uh, in an in a, in a environment where there's instant uh, information and there's so many things that can distract players, <laughs> you know, I've often said, you know, you know, if you're coming up the ice and you, you got a player with you, you know, that player will will know where you are just based on what you sound like, the way that kids communicate with each other. But nowadays, they communicate by Snapchat or <laughs> or whatever. So you know, it's like, well, then snap them. They'll know you're there or something. And it's, we laugh about that. But this, it's just different with the way kids communicate nowadays. But at the end of the day, it's still just hockey, and it's still a lot of things that you do out there and the team, things that you do in the locker room are the same as they've ever been. So that part is fun for me. Hey, Dean, thank you very much. I might I have to figure out what your Snapchat uh, username is here off the air. We'll figure that one out, okay? <laughs> yeah, I stay away from that stuff as much <laughs> as possible. <so. laughs> Thanks, Dean. Thank you very much, and best of luck here against uh, Century on Saturday and closing out the regular season that is on Tuesday against Fargo North. Yeah, Thanks a lot. Appreciate it.